Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Tom Bettis with you this morning, taking your calls at 801 575 8255. You can also text us at 57500. Ton, our next listener is asking about their honeysuckle. They say something's eating the leaves and some of the branches are dying. They say they have a hummingbird feeder next to it. Is that bad in inviting something to come in and take bites out of the honeysuckle? No, it shouldn't be. It's not, it has nothing to do with the feeder. No, it doesn't have anything to do with the feeder. I would check for aphids. The honeysuckle is horribly susceptible to certain species of aphids, but then also powdery mildew gets into certain species of honey mm-hmm. honeysuckle. And it's almost like you can't get rid of it. And so those are the things I would check. Look up just fact sheets on aphids in honeysuckle and powdery mildew in honeysuckle. All right. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. Kevin is on the line in Taylorsville. Good morning, Kevin. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I hope that this hasn't been covered already because I, I work in Saturday mornings and not able to listen to you. But I have winter squashes we're trying to grow and we have branches that are dying off. I found what I believe are squash beetles in it. Treated it with seven and it doesn't seem to be effective. I'm still losing more and more branches of, off the squashes. Well, the squash bugs are really hard to control later in the season and we're kind of mid late season, I guess. And so the more adults you get, the harder they are to do anything about the spray seven. Did, was it a seven dust you used? No, I used a liquid. Well, I, yeah, I used a liquid. If you're going to be effective with those, you have to spray the undersides of the leaves and the stalks Mm -hmm. for those to be effective. And, you know, a lot of times people are a little afraid because there's blossoms and they don't want to knock out the pollinators. But the only other thing I could really tell you to do is to get some soapy, like a gallon of water with a couple tablespoons of Dawn dish soap in it or another brand. Uh It doesn't really matter. And yeah. then just drench around the bases where, you know, the, you know, they come out of the ground from. And you pour that and you want a, an inch or two of water on the ground. And the bugs will climb the stalks and you can pick them off and smash them or put them into another bucket of soapy water. Just like a couple inches of water in the base. Uh-huh. So that would be one thing you could do. And you could try a different product. And spray under the leaves and the uh, 
spray the stalks themselves, but those squash bugs like to hide under the plants near the row. I guess where it comes out of the ground is where they really like to hide. Yeah. They don't burrow into the ground, do they? Uh, they hide under things. Okay. There were some holes that I thought could have been wormholes. I dug one of the holes up, and it seemed like a a, 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 a bee-type flew out of the hole. Yeah, you may have found a, a ground, what we'd call a ground wasp, but there are certain species of bees and wasps that will okay. over, that will live in the ground. I'm finding the eggs and pulling them off and squishing them. Good. And killing the adults as I find them, but I will... I'll do the soap. Uh, yeah, and yeah, see and if that works. I, Dave, our board operator, has grown squash, and he took a year or two off of growing squash completely. And so far, he's had really good luck. There haven't been any. And it may be one okay. of those things. You grow them for two or three years and give it a year break just to break uh, the cycle of them staying in your garden. Uh, yeah, I can see that. It happened last year. and Okay. Great, great advice. I appreciate your time. All right, Kevin, thanks for your call this morning. Uh, next listener is in Mapleton, and they say, Ton, that their lawn is seeded with fescue, yarrow, and clover. It's kind of a mix. They say they're having a problem with bindweed and or morning glory, and they're wondering if you still recommend the use of quinclorac or something else since they, the way they seeded their yard. There's nothing they can use that won't kill the yarrow. Oh, wow. Yarrow is a broadleaf plant. And so they're just going to have to... So it sounds like they wanted the yarrow. Yes. Uh, yarrow is very drought hardy. Although it is very stemmy, if you step on it after you mow it, it can kind of hurt. So but will quinclorac uh, kill the rest of their yard? No, it'll it only... It shouldn't affect the rest of that. It won't. It won't kill the fescue or the bluegrass, but it will kill the yarrow and really knock back the bindweed. Okay. And there's nothing else that they could use? Not that won't harm the yarrow. Okay. And the next person says, you talked about Bermuda grass killer. Is Bermuda grass the same as orchard grass? They're different beasties. So, yeah, if you have orchard grass, that, that, that advice. Orchard grass looks a lot more like crabgrass to where Bermuda has a lot narrower blade to it. And mm-hmm. Bermuda grass creeps along the top of the ground. And every six inches or so it roots in. And so you can find a Bermuda grass um, strand and just pull it and you'll just hear this pop, 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 pop as you pull it back. And so once you know how to identify it, Bermuda is quite easy to identify. Unfortunately, there are a few products that will take it out of the lawn, but orchard grass is a different story because it's a cool season grass and there's not really, there's not really, there aren't any sprays that you can use that won't also harm the bluegrass on orchard. All right. Chris is on the line in Provo. Good morning, Chris. What was your comment? Good morning. You know, we live out in West Provo near Utah Lakes. We have more than our fair share of mosquitoes out here. Um, Something I've done for decades with my family is to spare our lungs from the aerosol of a mosquito repellent. Um, I, I do a few shots into the palm of my hand, rub it into both palms just enough real quick, and then use that, kind of put it on like a lotion. Oh, the and usually, Yeah, and usually the, I could do uh, legs with a few shots and and then arms and neck and stuff. And it just worked better. I can't speak to how long it lasts, but we rarely get mosquito bites. And I have to tell you, abatements out here every year because of the mosquitoes on 
on Utah Lake. And, you know, I, I know that's one way to spare your lungs from that aerosol. And it's worked really, really well. So just a suggestion. All right, Chris, thanks so much for your comment. Yes, we were talking about mosquitoes. That was our top of the hour feature. And uh, Ton had some, uh, some new research that was done on some essential oils, cinnamon, clover, and what was the other one? Cinnamon and clove oil were the clove two oil. that were most effective with one called geranol, geranol but I hmm. don't know what plant that it would be from. All right. Next listener wants to know, Ton, when do you harvest artichokes? So there is a USU fact sheet on growing artichokes in Utah that I would highly recommend downloading. It's free, and you just do an internet search of artichokes in the garden in Utah. It'll come up. But generally late July through August is harvest time, and you let those flower buds, because artichokes are flower buds, Mm -hmm. expand as much as they will but you do not want to let the flowers open because after that they become really tough and stringy. Oh. And so it's just like this game of chicken a little bit. And you can look <laughs> at videos on YouTube on when to harvest, and they'll give you some visuals on that. But download USU's fact sheet. Okay. Next listener says their onion stalks are starting to fall over. Is it too early to harvest them? It's a bit early. You generally start our harvesting those onions through August. Um, if all the stalks are falling over, it may be time. They're not going to expand much more, but it's not critical to get them out of the ground right now. All right. We need to take a break. When we come back, Bonnie, you're first up on the line. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255, or you can text us, 57500. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse Show. Maria Anton with you. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255, or you can text at 57500. Our next listener, Ton, says, do you have any tricks or tips for watering a large planter that can't be moved to a place where the lawn or flower beds uh, get water? They're going to be gone for a week and wondering how they're going to keep it alive. You can purchase small watering kits for for planters and things, hmm. and they will run off of a battery-operated clock, and they involve bringing a hose, and you want to get one that doesn't leak, and then you hook it up to the little system, and the timer will turn on for so many minutes a day or however you set it and water the plants, and so you would want to find one of those and if it's that big, you know, a lot of times these are for smaller baskets, but you could just put multiple, you know, if it's on drip, multiple emitters in there to cover the whole thing and then just have the system water for you. Wow. I didn't even know that existed, but it's just one planter because you're using your hose. Yes. And so you just hook the hose up to it. And because it's running on drip, you can leave the hose usually on pretty low pressure. You don't want more than 30 PSI going into the actual drip system. 
but the instructions will tell you how to set it up. It's just more getting it in, getting it assembled and working. Or ask your kids, adult kids, or your neighbor. Yeah, we have, That's a, my advice. We have a neighbor that my daughter's 14, and there's a, a neighbor or two that will hire her in the summer to come water their planter basket and make sure that their dog's been let out and make sure that it has food. And so a neighbor kid might be another option. Right. Bonnie is on the line in Sandy. Good morning, Bonnie. What was your question? Good morning. I've got two questions. Um, the first is the grass under my maple has gotten really sparse, and it looks like it's got white spray paint overspray on it. And I'm wondering what that is and what I can do about it. Well, it could be a disease called powdery mildew. It could also be some staining from hard water in the irrigation system. There's a few different things. And if it, if the grass is fading out, it could actually just be that the maple is providing too much shade and the grass can't thrive under there from a lack of sunlight. Okay. All right. Um, and then the other one question is, and I'm, this may be out of your wheelhouse, but um, I have been putting wood chips in my window wells as just a base to make it look okay. And I'm wondering if I'm encouraging termites or if that's a bad idea. Well, it may not be termites, but you could be encouraging mice to live in under the chips or voles mm-hmm. maybe. Um, you know, if you haven't had any problems, you're probably okay. But I think they put the gravel in there usually because it is just less biologically active and is mm-hmm. less likely to encourage weeds as they break down and things such as mice. But if you haven't had any problems, you know, I don't know of anything that is just like absolutely don't do that. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right, Bonnie. Thanks for your call this morning. Uh, Next listener, Ton wants to save their poppy seeds. They say the stems and leaves have died back, but the seed pods aren't completely dried. Uh, They look pretty unsightly at this point. Will the pods continue to dry off the stems or what is your recommendation? They will. So they need to cut them off and then put them in a paper lunch sack or if they have a bunch of them in like a paper grocery store sack and then just seal the sack because as those dry down they'll open and if they open on the poppies they'll lose the seeds okay we have just a couple of minutes left before the top of the hour next listener says how do they trim their elderberry bushes and when do they do it the elderberries bloom in july and so Right now is not a great time to be doing that. But in the spring, what they will do is use our technique called renewal pruning, where they take about 20 to 25% of the branches out from the base of the actual shrub. Mm -hmm. And so they'll go in with a sawzall or loppers and then just cut the biggest branches out they can. And they just start with the biggest one and work their way down until they've removed 20 to 25% of them. And then they can just give it a really light haircut. And that will keep it down to seven or eight feet and keep it flowering a lot more because they flower on wood generally between two and five years old. They're also wondering if the berries are good for anything. Yeah, absolutely. You let the berries turn the dark blue or almost black in the fall and then you can cut them and what people will do is just put them in a large maybe like a number of them in an ice cream an empty ice plastic ice cream bucket with Mm -hmm. a lid and freeze them and shake them and then you can float put water in there and all the little stems will float 
or the berries and you can just skim them and that's how you can separate them. But they make delicious syrup. They make delicious jams. I mean, the song elderberry wine Mm -hmm. comes from that if you choose to do such things, but they are useful for a number of things. All right. Uh, We need to take a break for the top of the hour news. When we come back, we're going to talk about weed management. I've been complaining all morning about I leave town for a week and the weeds have taken over. Yes, staying on top of the weeds in the garden. Okay, if you missed our top of the hour features, we were talking about some new research on mosquito repellents. You can find that on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page, along with the plant of the week, which was Canterbury Bells. We'll be right back. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.